Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Jibber Jab MMA podcast. This is your host, Rory Pollard. Today, in this episode, we're going to be talking about the pay-per-view coming up this weekend, McGregor's pay-per-view versus Dustin Poirier. There's a lot of fun stuff to talk about. We're going to talk about everything leading up to it, what we should expect getting into it, all the good stuff that's happened before it, and everything's good to come. Let's talk about it. Hello everyone and welcome to my show. Thanks for coming out. Um, this is the Jibber Jab MMA podcast. This is my first episode. I'm very grateful that you are listening. We get to talk about Conor McGregor on the first episode. How crazy is that? Making a return to 2021 after fighting once in 2020. So that's exciting. We're going to be talking all about that. This episode is basically all focused on UFC 257. All the good things that are going to be coming out of that pay-per-view. Mostly going to be focusing on the co-main and the main event. There's not much else going on. Um, That seems to usually be the case with Conor McGregor fights. (laughs) Dana seems to know that uh, Conor is going to sell his own pay-per-view. So So he doesn't really stack the cards too much when Conor's on, unfortunately. Or else those pay-per-views would be... Uh, the the fact that Conor's able to still put up record pay-per-view numbers even while uh, not having the best cards he he seems to stack it all by himself and put up the best pay-per-view numbers just for his name alone so that's kind of crazy and uh, yeah Um, so that's what this episode's going to be we're going to be talking about all UFC 257 mostly the co-main and the main event what we're going to be looking at in those fights uh, what's led up to that these fights all the good stuff that's happened so far how this fight came about all that stuff so um yeah let's get right into it because i'm looking forward to this one so before we do get into the co-main and main event on this card coming this weekend um let's see what else is actually on the card if there is anything special um basically all you're going to see in the prelims is brad tavares is making an early comeback not much else I see going on there. The co-main looks decent. Or the main event of the prelim story looks looks decent. The feature fight. And um, <laughs> the pay-per-view besides the main event and the co-main is, is uh, not much. You get, you get Jessica I and Amanda Rybass is a little interesting. But yeah, we're going to be talking about the co-main and main event mostly because that's the only thing drawing real attention to this pay-per-view. So that's why we're doing that. So, so yeah, let's talk about this co-main and main event. Um, let, let's start talking about uh, the Hooker and Chandler fight. Um, Michael Chandler's making his UFC debut. He, he's the first Bellator champ coming into the UFC since Ben Askren. Um, he's got a lot of hype behind him. Not a lot, uh, a decent amount of hype for, for a Bellator champ. Um, I'm excited to see what he's about. I've never seen him fight. I, I've only seen a few clips. Um, he, he But he, he seems like he could be... Amongst the elite contenders in the lightweight division, I, I don't have any crazy high hopes or else I think there'd be a lot more hype around him, to be honest. So, um, he, he's been waiting for this moment for, for like, what, half a year now? He, he was the backup to the championship fight between Habib and Gaethje. Um, 
he was he was the backup there so I guess Dana does think he does have that potential to compete at that high of a level obviously so this is going to be our first look at him as UFC fans um so yeah, it's it's gonna be interesting to see what he's all about. Um, that he that's one thing to keep an eye on. And then with Dan Hooker, we last saw him fight Dustin Poirier, who's the main event, the name of the main event. So that basically tells you how that fight went. Dustin Poirier was able to go all five rounds with Hooker and, and take it by decision in a fight of the year candidate last year. That one, if you haven't seen that one, go get that, go watch that one right now because that's important to know coming into this pay per view, like. Just an amazing fight, two fight of the year. Um, so far, what we've seen from Chandler, he he seems calm and poised coming into this. He doesn't seem overhyped, overconsumed by all the Conor McGregor media stuff going on. He just seems like he he's meant to be there. Like he's really relaxed and he he, he seems to talk and think the game, which is good. Um, he says he's been training since he's 14 years old, which is impressive, I guess. But he, he says his, basically his goals are to compete against the best in the world, and that's why he's here. So so it's going to be interesting. He, he seems to not get overhyped or anything like that. He seems to just be a really mature kind of fighter, like... Like, I don't know who to compare him to off the top of my head, but he just seems like a, a just mature kind of vet poised guy. And then Dan Hooker actually surprisingly looks very relaxed too. Like, he, he seems loose, not relaxed, because he's always just quiet and stuff, but he seems to have found his, like, be a little bit more relaxed, know, know that he's meant to be here now with, with the stuff going. Like, he, he's got multiple fights against top contenders now, and he seems to be in his place. Like, he, he's, like, settled into that top contender type contention um dan hooker was the only person he says willing to take the risk when no one else did against uh chandler i guess dano had higher hopes for chandler coming in you know at being as the backup he also there's a lot of talk about michael chandler facing tony ferguson and tony ferguson didn't seem interested um he's seen hooker if you watch a press conference we're going to talk about that in a bit dan hooker was talking a little bit about um how our boy Charles Oliveira uh, also seemed to have dodged a fight. That, that was kind of funny. But yeah, uh, good for Dan Hooker for taking this risk because Michael Chandler, as he says, doesn't have a number next to his name. He is coming in as a former champ of another organization. But Hooker was the only one willing to test it out and see what Michael Chandler is about. And that's just kind of who Dan Hooker is. He doesn't give a fuck. He, he's just there to fight and he's willing to go with anyone. He's just that kind of guy. He's there to fight whoever's in that octagon. And you got to respect that kind of shit, man. In the fight game, people who are just game, that's that's uh, it's kind of the stuff you'd love to see. So big props to Dan Hooker for taking this one and, and putting it out there because it, it kind of paid off for him because what Habib's saying about this uh, pay-per-view, <laughs> if, you, if you've heard after his meeting with Dana, what, like now that he's looking to be impressed, like now you know that like this this risk that hooker's taking it could pay off in a big way like if if hooker puts up a massive show who, who knows what can happen imagine <laughs> i don't think it'll happen but like he's put himself in a good spot to take a leap in the division after taking that tough loss to poirier so so props to him um now let's move on to a little bit of a preview of connor and dustin how this fight like um this fight kind of came about 
what November-ish I think it was around November and uh Connor just basically didn't really call him out on Twitter he just said hey want to fight like he because uh Connor seemed to be getting held up a lot in this division he wanted to fight a bunch of times last year he wanted to fight but Dana didn't seem interested he wanted to hold him back see what see how the championship fight played out with Habib seeing what like he's basically playing Connor off Habib it felt like and it was a bit of a wait and see and Connor just didn't seem interested in that later in the year he seemed to be very frustrated so um yeah he he, he basically engaged the fight talks himself and and said to Dustin, you want you want to get going and and it happened like uh, they're doing the thing for charity and stuff. But eventually Dana White bought in and and they booked it, and thank God it's finally come around because this one this one's gonna be exciting. Um, in the first fight, I think we've all seen it. If if you're listening to this, we've all seen it. First fight, it it didn't last long. It, it was only 20 seconds, and you know if if you follow MMA, who who came out on top of that one, very very early in both their careers. Dustin was a little bit more experienced, but very early in Connor's career, that's for sure, on, on his come up. And um, Connor wrapped it up quick, 90 seconds, and, and Dustin was out. He, he, You can see in the first fight how, how that one went if you watch it. Like, Connor set up the kicks, got him to fade into his kick, circling to Dustin's left. And then he did the spin kick to the body, got him to spin back into the power. If you've seen Dominic Cruz's breakdown, he, he does a real good breakdown of that. You can just see how Donner, Connor, like everyone knows that left hand's coming. That's back then that that was the only weapon you were really looking for when you're fighting Connor. And he, he still just set it up so well. And that's basically how that fight went. Connor just, you know, was able to get Dustin Poirier where you want him to be. And um, Connor set up that left hand and. He, he clipped him, and that was it. Connor's got that kind of power. We all know that. And, um... That, but the, the thing to note is that fight did happen at featherweight. They're now lightweights. So, so will it change much? We're going to find out. Um, we're we're going to talk about that a little bit more in the breakdown. But this is just like a bit of a prehistory to the fight. And Poirier is coming off that fight with Hooker. So, he... he Poirier ever since coming up to lightweight has looked like a bona fide top contender like he he's just been on absolute rampage in this top division taking out people like alvarez and gaichi now hooker like just some some of the tougher guys like whoever you put in front of him he seems to just want to fucking battle which is incredible like so Poirier is no joke um at this lightweight division he definitely deserves to be here up against connor if, if for whoever thinks he's gonna he's undeserving like think again he he's been through some battles and he's proven that he's meant to be here and in connor's last fight against cowboy 2020 january 22nd bout <laughs> um yeah that that one was a bit of a mop-up uh for connor coming in C- connor was just like he seemed to know that even Cowboy wasn't on his level coming in, and he just did his thing, and that was that. So, Connor only 20 seconds in the octagon in 2020, that and coming into this fight now. So he just 20 seconds in the last year. Now he's coming. So we're gonna see how that works for him. But uh, yeah, let let's talk about some more stuff coming that happened coming into this fight. We we seen the press conference. I think it happened yesterday during the day. Um. 
in the press conference. It's not a typical Connor press conference. He no longer seems to be the notorious one, if you know what I'm saying. Like, there's no, there's not the shit talk anymore. There's not the the punchlines that everyone's waiting for. The just, you know, everyone just drawn to that kind of notorious Irish, like the Irish shit talking. So he's a, he's definitely the mature dad kind. Like he's he's matured now. Like the first fight happened six years ago, seven years ago, and. You can tell already by this press conference how much mature both these guys have matured. Especially Connor, though. Connor, Connor, he's a completely different person. The respect that he's shown for Dustin now, and he says that's the reason why he chose Dustin, Dustin for this fight is just because of a what like how much he respects Dustin for what he's done in this division. Um, so. Other than that, Connor all, always seemed relaxed and primed for prime time. Like, all the cameras and questions, the majority of them were pointed at him, and he seemed to love it like always. <laughs> Typical Connor. Um, he's just embracing all the love, but you can tell. Like, this is a different. Con- he's ex- he's no longer doing this for, for the money or the. Like, the, he no longer has to prove anything to anyone besides himself, and, he, and he's still here. Um, you can tell he's just naturally, like, from within, he's excited and hungry to get back in the octagon. And that's the only true reason why he's doing this. Like, it's just inner hunger. And that's kind of, like, to be fighting for purposes outside of money. It's kind of like when you're that rich and you still want to fight, you got to have some pretty pretty intense drive to want to be in there and, and you can see Connor has that and it, that's a, that's a dangerous combination when with a guy like Connor and we're going to talk about that in, in the fight breakdown um he, he even told he you can even see the part in the 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 press conference where, where they're asking and he says like his friends are telling him to retire but he, he says he's even richer than Dana but he still wants to fight that <laughs> that part cracked me up for sure um and, and you see in the, the press conference the part where he's he's looking up at the the jumbotron looking at himself he seemed to be looking if he likes how the suit's looking in the cameras the glass the glasses he was wearing looked to be pretty nice too he's checking out the watch non-stop pointing at the watch is it it's just the funny stuff he's eat the like the narcissism like the natural built-in lovable narcissism that this guy has it's it's so funny man and and that's why we all love connor because it's just so natural it's like it's just lovable the the charisma this guy pours out is insane but anyway um we should move on uh poria at the press conference he does seem i don't know i don't want to know i don't know if it's tense but he just doesn't like he seems quiet he just seems like he wants to get to the fight at this point uh, that's how i viewed it but like he's just the laugh louisiana kid like he he's just there to fight uh, that's how i see it um he's not one for the cameras <laughs> they seem polar opposites in that way he's just answering diplomatic and they're both very respectful of each other he acknowledges the the don- donation he that connor made to his charity connor acknowledges his hot toss like they, they were both very very respectful coming in which is interesting but connor connor did not uh forget to mention how many times uh or not forget to mention many times that uh 
Dustin <laughs> Dustin lost to him in the previous bout so I'm sure that he's trying to get in Dustin's head just in the back of that head ha- have that reminder that he did lose and he has been put out by Connor already so that that who knows that that mental warfare Connor just seems to still be using it it just seems to be a little bit more subtle um, in my eyes um, I, I think it's still still gonna play as a thing in the fight who knows how big it will be but Connor still seems to want to use it just in a more mature like uh, subtle way and I, I still think he he knows how to do it it's just um, a little toned down um, but that's how I saw the press conference um, he also uh, there's also one other thing that doesn't relate to the fights you see Dana White <laughs> call out the, the illegal streamers <laughs> that's good so it, you guys um you illegal streamers, you don't you don't have to look out, but don't be surprised if your streams aren't up because he, he did call out saying he does have one of the guys, and as, as soon as they turn on that stream, they're they're fucked. Um, he he's begging them to turn it on. Dana seems to be very happy with <laughs> with these streamers, and he's saying he's basically calling that fucker out and saying turn it on, buddy. Watch what happens. So um, if you're illegally streaming this one, and you don't see your stream up, <laughs> your guy might might have got booked um that's gonna be pretty funny just to see how that plays out dana seems to be really cracking down on those illegal streams but that was a press conference really um that's how i i saw it that's the major stuff there wasn't any crazy drama in a typical connor press conference so not much there it, it was pretty respectful um good good banter but that, that's about it Oh, last quick note on the press conference. There was one reporter who did who did ask about all four fighters up there willing to do like a attorney style to the lightweight championship, where or or a fight against Habib, where it's a semifinals. All four fighters are in the semifinals. Gate like the two winners of this co-main and main event make it through to the semifinals, and then Gaethje might pop in there and Charles Oliveira. Those four would be in the semifinals, and then he kind of proposed like a, a attorney style fight towards the championship where Dana didn't seem to be really buying into it to be honest that the way he reacted he's kind of just shrugging it off like he I think he has bigger plans for a few of these fighters um but it was an interesting proposal I don't think it happens but it would be very exciting if it did I, I'd be I'd be very down I, I'd buy in for sure um um yeah that's the last quick note I want to punch in there real quick before we move on okay um Besides the press conference, I'm just going to talk about quickly some other notes about the pre-fight stuff. I'm, I'm, I watched Hawani's show this week, um, one of his shows, and there's some interesting stuff I want to talk about on there but, um, before we move on to breaking down the two fights. Um, John Cavanaugh was on for an interview, and he, he had some interesting bits uh, that he dropped on us. Uh, a very interesting one I'm going to talk about at the very end, um, but quickly, he... He was asked about who has improved more since the first fight. And he gave a, a very interesting answer. And uh, I bought into it, to be honest. He, he says Connor has leaps and bounds improved over Dustin Poirier. And the reason why is because in that first fight, um, Dustin Poirier is... Like, he's still been American top team the whole way through. Um, when they first fought, he was at an ATT, and he still is training with Mike Brown, an American top team with all those assassins. Um, excellent gym. He, they they just breed assassins, it seems like. But, um, yeah, he's saying, like, they know what Dustin Poirier is about and what kind of fighter he is. Where now, 
since that fight, um, Dustin Poirier, or Conor McGregor, sorry, his team is just just immeasurable amounts of improvement on what he's done to prepare for this fight compared to what they had back then. They said they were just piecing it together uh, on their way up in that first fight six, seven years ago. Um, they, they were kind of just going with what they got, you know, just, you know, working with what they had. But now, um, but the team that Connor's been able to build, he's got a new, like, engineered team. His nutritionist and con- conditioning specialist he has now just honed in on that so his conditioning is going to be people um, talk a lot about his conditioning but like now he's got people just driving him on conditioning so he Kavanaugh says the improvement just from that um it's just going to show vast improvement since their first fight and so and Connor won the first fight and and John Kavanaugh saying that Connor was the one that improved more, so that just by math, you're gonna know that Connor should win this one too. That's how Kavanaugh sees it. Like, and and Connor's gonna put on a show and and prove him right. Um, but the more interesting thing he did say at the end of the in, about midway through the interview, but he he kind of wanted to cut out and and ask Ariel to cut it out of of the show, and Ariel said, "Yeah, we'll cut it out." Uh, but he kind of left it in there, uh, typical no fashion. That's kind of funny. Um, <laughs> but um, so Ariel leaves it in, and what does John Cavanaugh say? He he dropped a very very subtle hint. At this thing, uh, he says Conor McGregor has doing the majority of his tr- training and in the orthodox stance. Wow, who who would have like from with that left hand kind of power and you know the kind of fighter he is? Um, train majority of the training, the majority of it at the orthodox stance. What does that mean for this fight? And, um, that that fascinated me. Like that kind of took me aback a bit. Like think like when you think about Connor, you, you think about the left hand instantly, so, yeah, um, the orthodox stance thing, that, that's one thing I wanted to highlight on this, this podcast before we moved into the breakdown, that, that's a big note, and, and just imagine if you, if you're watching this fight on Saturday night, and Connor opens up in orthodox, like, he, he approaches, he walks into the fight, after the referee asks if he's ready and he opens in orthodox stance, what what a curveball that's gonna be! Like, I'm sure Dustin Poirier will be kind of messed in his head. Like, he, his whole game plan might be a little jostled if Connor's standing the other way around, and I'm not sure how that plays out. But I, I don't think Dustin will either. Connor will be the only one knowing what his orthodox stance can do. So I, I'm very intrigued. If, if Connor shows an orthodox stance, I, I, I'm looking for that on Saturday night. I, I kind of want to see it and see if he does it. Um, who knows? Maybe John Cavanaugh just dropped it as like a curveball of his own. That Dustin just to get in Dustin's head a, a little bit, but I don't think he's that kind of guy. Um, so yeah, I want to highlight that quick. But now. Let's get into the breakdown, shall we? This is the good stuff here. Okay. In the Coleman, Dan Hooker versus Chandler. What should we be looking for from these fighters in the actual fight? Um, I, I want to talk about Dan Hooker first. We've we seen this guy in the UFC, so I got a little bit more to talk about with him than, than with Chandler. Dan Hooker is just... He's just a born fighter, it seems like. He, <laughs> he just wants to brawl. Like, his... We've seen the chin. 
how much it can take that's that's basic to have your chin as a weapon is kind of a funny thing to say but it seems to be his biggest tool just being able to walk through punches and just he just wants to stand in front of you and swing that that's that's the kind of fighter Dan Hooker is. If you haven't seen him fight, he's just going to, and he doesn't seem to, he slows down, but he doesn't seem to stop moving forward. His stamina is always great. His condition is great. He's always coming into the fights in perfect condition and he, his chin is always held up. So that, that, that's the biggest thing about Dan Hooker. You, another weird thing is his build he's got a kind of awkward build and it's going to be like it works for him because he's got like massive shoulders he's skinny guy but just massive shoulders the and like it kind of gives an unorthodox look in a way just like the size of him i I think it gives a weird look to to him and i'm sure fighters are kind of a little bit confused by it he says that he's also a good build for wrestlers because of his frame and like how he is long and skinny that's good for defending wrestlers so so that i think that's working for him in this fight um but his he's a striker we all know that he's he's finished two fights with his knees so he's got multiple weapons um we've seen that but basically he just wants absolute slugfest we've seen that with paul felder that that fight of the night was it it was a toss-up decision Uh, i i could have easily gave that fight to felder but it but i can't say giving it to hooker was wrong Hooker looked great in that fight, and there might have been a little bit New Zealand bias in that fight, but you you know that's gonna happen. Paul Felder looked really good. Dan Hooker looked really good. It was a toss up, give it to him kind of thing. Um, and then he also had that amazing brawl with Poirier. Poirier did take it. He just did seem to get like the cleaner, but Hooker showed up too, no doubt. And and he just I don't know how to describe it. His character just seems like he he doesn't care. Like punch him, he he doesn't give a shit. He's just trying to land on you. That's his main goal. And um, he, <laughs> this one could easily be. It's weird to say, but this one's probably the favorite for fight of the night with a Conor McGregor fight l- listed on the pay per view. But this one is probably gonna be with the f- the fight of the night. That's my bet, because that's just who Dan Hooker is, and Chandler is gonna show up. So, yeah, this one. This one's got um, fighting night potential written all over it, so don't be surprised. Um, do not miss this one. Definitely do not miss this one. And now talking about Michael Chandler a little bit, I, I actually haven't seen him fight. This is his UFC debut coming over from Bellator. He is the former champ there, lightweight champ. Um, and he, it's hard to judge Bellator champs. Some have come over and been very successful. And then you see Ben Askren come over and he's three and done after some brutal brutal like that brutal KO from Masvidal and he just seemed to be a one-trick pony so I don't think Chandler's that I think he he's got a little bit more to give from what I've seen of what I've heard he he seems to be more diverse like built for MMA um he seems to be at home when he's fighting. I don't know how to express it, but he just seems like he he's gonna fit on this roster somewhere in the top contention. So I don't think he's out of place in this fight at all. Um, he's he's got great wrestling from what I've heard, and I've seen a little bit of clips. And he, people keep saying he's a fast starter. So um, if I'm predicting this fight, I I haven't seen Mike Chandler, so don't take my word for it. But my prediction is. It's hard 
without seeing someone fight but i say i say dan hooker just just by keeping on his feet i don't think chandler's gonna be able to wrestle with him much if chandler's able to get him to the ground then then it's a different ball game but um i think dan hooker keeps it on the feet he's able to defend the takedown and then he just is able to stand stand in the pocket and brawl that i think that's where this goes i think it goes in where hooker wants it to go i think it's a sprawl and brawl kind of fight he's just gonna trade punches that's how he seems to like to fight that's dan hooker's ball game that's his game plan um um if i'm just to give a random prediction i I say dan hooker in the fourth he finishes him tko off volume just just eventually the strikes are going to overwhelm chandler i could be completely wrong though Uh, but that that's just a a random guess i'm gonna throw out there let's see how it does but now let's move on to the main event what we are all here for this one (laughs) you don't get conor mcgregor pay-per-views coming around any day now so so this one this one is one to stop and enjoy i'm sure there's gonna be a lot of fans putting their eyes on this one um so this main event is both southpaws that's a quick note on it and they're fighting at their new weight at lightweight like i said they're both moved up to the weight class i think it's helped them both significantly Uh, dustin poirier probably a little bit more but that's a different aspect of this fight compared to the first one so that's the note um what i'm expecting from dustin he's still with american top team um he so you know he's going to be coming in great condition great shape he's around assassins he's with jorge masvidal he jorge masvidal was actually the one who convinced him to go up and wait in the first place he's been a mentor to him masvidal is kind of like a like a mafia godfather to the fight game he's been doing it since before it's cool kind of thing um Jorge Masvidal is has been like an older brother to Dustin Poirier, so that's kind of cool. Um, we're gonna see a lot more hunger coming out of Dustin Poirier, though. Like when someone finishes you like that, you like you want to taste that blood. You you want to get back in there with him. I'm sure it's still in the back of his head. Like this guy did finish me, but there, there's also that drive that's like, okay, I, I gotta I gotta get this guy back. So I think we're gonna see the best Dustin Poirier in this fight that we. I think if he has any more to give in fighting, we're going to see it in this fight. We're going to see the top potential of Dustin Poirier just because this seems to be the most motivation you can have in a fight when it's a revenge rematch kind of fight. He says he says that the gold drives him. That's his biggest motivation in the fight game to get that championship belt. And that's the biggest thing driving him and always will be. That's why he's there. But you know deep inside that... Getting, you you want to shut this Irish clown up if you're him. You, this Dublin Irish pride loudmouth. You still have that picture of him in your mind, and you you want to shut him up in 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 your head. How how you view him is never gonna like. You still know what he did to you back in that fight, and how you felt deep inside. You can see the disappointment that was on his fi- face after that first fight, and yeah, like. I think Dustin's going to be motivated. Um, what I think he needs to do in this fight, I think he, I think where he'll find his most success is inside. Like, because McGregor has a reach advantage. That's clear. McGre- um, so I think he needs to find his way in. I'm not sure how he's going to do it, but he can't stay at range with 
Connor and let him pick him apart with kicks and that's just not gonna he's gonna have to find his way and maybe get in the clinch dirty box a little bit I think that's where he grinds Connor down wears him down throw some knees like throw some knees to the gut to the legs where just make it a brawl like make it make it grinding gritty that's how Dustin has to do this um just dirty box you know grind him down every just wear put his weight on him yeah just make Connor work for it because I, I don't know how Dustin can do it. I think that has to be the way. Because maybe even kick Connor's legs a bit. That that could we've seen Connor be affected by those in, in previous fights. So uh, it's tough, man. It's gonna be uh, t- Dustin's got like he seems to be that kind of brawler too. He might even have to ch- exchange like take one shot on the way in to land two or three kind of thing. Just like you know that he's gonna get hit and he's gonna have to put that poker face on like DC said and but like make sure that he's exchanging with more shots output than he's taking in because we know who's got the power advantage um we know he has that check hook when Connor comes in that's maybe his biggest weapon that right check hook out of the southpaw position to make sure that people are respecting him they're not just gonna find their way in with a without getting checked but Con- like Connor doesn't throw anything with reckless abandon he wants to counter he wants to find his his path he wants to find his timing his way in before he throws anything out there he, he's always finding his timing and you know measuring a fighter before he, he he does anything dangerous so I don't know how much that check hook comes into play it could maybe if Connor gets tired and, and gets a little bit more reckless that could happen but I, early on in the fight, I don't think it, it matters too much. But the biggest advantage Dustin has over Connor, if we're, it's got to be his gas tank and durability. Ever since he moved up to the lightweight division, he's seen like his dur- durability has increased a bunch. So he's gonna need to use that durability. He's gonna have to take some punches. He's he's gonna have to wear some punches. That's for sure. But can he deal with it better than he did in the first fight? That's that's what the biggest question is can he take that shot can he can he you know not succumb to the pressure um we're gonna have to wait and find out of course um but that's how i see that going he, he's less emotional and more mature too like back early in those f- early fights connor was Connor was in his head. You can see it. Like uh, you've seen the interviews where Dustin is saying he's never hated a fighter so much. He he wants to knock this guy out so bad. And after the fight was over, you've seen how disappointed he was. The the way he's looking at the ground, like he just just so upset with himself. He doesn't seem to be that guy anymore. He like he even the way he takes punches, you can see he's more built for it. Maybe it's the weight, moving the weight class up. Maybe it's just maturity. Probably a bit of both. But. I think those two things, his durability gas tank and the maturity that he's now got, those are the biggest improvements, the biggest edges that he's going to have to use over Connor. Just be able to grind him down with that. Just, you know, force it somehow, find a way to force it into the championship rounds. And and that's where he's going to probably have to find his success. Okay, so now looking at this fight from Connor's side of things, um, he, he kind of came into this fight with his Mystic Mac prediction of 60 second finish, so that kind of screams how he says he 
he's levels. He thinks Dustin's a great fighter, but he's just that much better. And you can kind of see that he he truly believes that with a Mystic ba- Mystic Mac prediction of sixty seconds. If, if he pulls this one off, then holy shit, um, that's gonna be insane. Um, so yeah, Connor's coming in confident as ever and he seems to be a real student of the game at this point man he 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 truly loves fighting and he studies it and breaks it down and i think he he's just a student of the game and he knows what to look for in fighting and he just has he might have the best fight iq in the game i'll put him up there with guys like John Jones just off experience and Israel Adesanya. Izzy seems to have a very high fight IQ too. But I, Connor, I, I don't think I'm saying anything crazy when Connor might have the best fight IQ in the game. That I truly believe that the way he talks and the way he can see things when you hear him talk about stuff and how how he sees fights. He, he, there's just not much other people like that. The way he's able to approach a fight and and see what his opponent wants to do and just he knows what he wants to do and he knows how to get his way um yeah he's just got his fight iq and he's also just an elite level athlete if you've seen him on instagram if you follow him on instagram he's looking jacked coming into this fight he's looking so so jacked um, his he's just a freak athlete once like once in a generation level talent type type athlete like his speed his quickness his length his, his short build but long arms and he's just so lightning quick with that left hand it's like a piston that just pops you um, so when you when you take this fight IQ that he has and his elite level athleticism like. He's one of the best athletes in the UFC, too. He's got the top-level IQ and top-level athleticism for any fighter in the UFC. So, yeah, Dustin, Dustin's in trouble. I think uh, he's, he's... I think Connor's covering a lot. Like, when you try to break down a fight and you look at the things coming in, I think Connor has supreme advantages in a lot of these areas. Um... Even Connor considers his the one flaw that where a lot of people are saying if Dustin can bring this one late, he's Connor says it's a myth that that his cardio is a flaw of his and he tires out. Um, and I I know I said it before and I seem to be buying a lot of the Connor stock. Being a Connor fan, uh, I hope I'm not being biased because I'm a much bigger fan of Connor than I am Dustin Poirier. But I kind of believe the cardio flaw too. Um, he he talks about with Nate Diaz when he gassed out in the first fight. Um, it, it was just a drastic move up. He, he's fighting two weight classes up in a span of like a month or something or, or a few months. I forgot what it was. But just like when you're switching across weight classes like that, it, it does take a toll on your body, no doubt. But um, so he used that as, as a reason why his cardio didn't hold up. I'm trying to think of where else his cardio didn't hold. Like he went 10 rounds with the arguably the greatest boxer of all time and he went 10 rounds. And... He did gas out, but he showed that he can he can like keep his his fight up for for a long time in that fight. Um, so we we do have examples of him being able to keep up that cardio. He finished Chad Mendes in the third early in his career, and he seems to be improving his condition ever since, as we talked about earlier with his his new 
condition specialist. His whole team seems to be a, a lot more locked in, and he's got late round finishes on Chad Mendes early in his career. He's gone five round wars with Nate Diaz in the rematch. So the cardio myth might be a little bit like the cardio philosophy might be a little bit of a myth. I do buy it a little bit. I, I do believe he is a quick starter. He he does he is Conor McGregor in the first rounds. That's when we see the the Conor we know and love. I do think he'll gas out. Even he he did seem tired against the beat, but when you get brawled and just mashed like that, then that just takes a toll on you. Like that you can't measure. Like fighting that kind of fight when you're getting smashed, that that wears you down too. So. We're gonna see, like, I don't know if we're gonna see it in this fight, but he says the cardio isn't an issue, and that's kind of an interesting thing. If if this fight does go late, I kind of want to see what that Connor looks like, where where his cardio is. If he if he is right and his cardio is like no joke, then I don't know who it's gonna be. Very very tough for Dustin Poirier, man. We, we only saw him once in 2020, as I mentioned earlier, is 22nd. So, is ring rust a thing? I don't think so. Because he did take a long layoff before coming back for Cerrone. That was also a return in his eyes. A return to the UFC, coming out of retirement, even though he's retired like four times. <laughs> um, but he's coming out of retirement again. But I don't, like he looked as good as ever in that fight against Cerrone. Lasting, it's hard to say that about a fight lasting 20 seconds. Uh, in Stephen A's, <laughs> I'm, I'm not quoting Stephen A. He said some stupid stuff, but yeah, um, who who knows? Like it's Connor talks a lot about the new toys. He like coming into that fight with Con, uh, Donald Cerrone. He he was talking a lot about new toys he wanted to show off. He he kept repeating he's got new toys to show everyone, and unfortunately that fight only lasted 20 seconds. So. We didn't get to see any of those those new toys he was talking about. Maybe maybe they're just a gag, but I, I think he he's drastically improved since we've seen the the Connor pre Habib. Um, so I I think he's entering his prime as a fighter. Um, the prime, yeah, I would say he's entering his prime. Prime is kind of weird in fighting. It seems to be a little bit of an older age when you enter your prime because fight IQ and fight experience is just immeasurable. Like that's like that's valued more than athleticism at times. Where in other sports, it's it's not as much um, experience because you um, fighting you don't get as much experience when you're younger. Um, this seems to be like as a new sport still. This it still seems like experience is limited when you're younger and it seems to only build as your career grows up so so connor connor is entering his prime if like he's probably in his prime right now on so this is gonna be the best connor we see i'm a true believer of that um it's gonna be interesting what kind of connor we get where those new toys are gonna be what are what those new toys are what they're gonna be looking like um that's another big thing i'm gonna be looking for in this fight but still, we're talking about these new toys, but we all know what the real threat is. <laughs> that lethal left hook, man. That, or not even left hook, that left straight, it seems to be. Left cross, whatever you want to call it. That That's always going to be his biggest threat. Like, everyone's looking for it. Everyone knows it's coming, but the, it's just too too good. <laughs> it's really, it's just flat out too good. And, uh, yeah, there's not a, like... We're going to see a lot of things in this fight that we haven't seen from Connor before, but it's still going to be the left hand that everyone's waiting for. Um, 
it's still gonna be that that vintage vintage left hand the the power the the speed of it it just can't be matched and it's just so clean so so look for that we're um we're probably still gonna see the kicks the teep kicks he loves the start fights with teep kicks right into that midsection and really dig it in that keeps his spacing he's able to keep fighters where he wants them with that teep kick it also like is able to wear them down there they drop their hands who knows he, he loves that teep kick we could still see it. he's going to probably use some kicks to the body if he isn't in that orthodox stance that we did talk about earlier from john cavanaugh's quote from the hawani show um that opens plenty of new threats for for connor to use and not only will it baffle Dustin Poirier, like he's if he's going in orthodox for any period of time, it's because he has weapons he ha- he has in that stance. So you're not just gonna do it to throw your opponent off. It's because you have things you can use from that. Um, I think he's probably like probably gonna look for that kick to the body. I think. Uh, I don't know. Connor's so innovative with his strikes. You've seen him against Cerrone with those shoulder strikes. What, like, where the hell did, have you ever seen those kind of shoulder strikes before? So, I don't think those shoulder strikes are going to play any kind of effect in this Poirier fight. But with the orthodox stance, I think it's the main threat he's looking for in the orthodox stance is going to be kicks and and his power hand is not even closer to Poirier if if his left hand is leading that power is just got closer so that's something to look for too that's very very interesting man man this one's got it's so hard to judge this fight because like we know what Connor's about but he we also haven't seen him show excess amount of ring time in a very very long time like i think he's gonna be uh, like he's definitely a changed fighter we just haven't seen it yet and i'm very intrigued to like i'm more i more intrigued in that than i am in the actual fight itself i i'm more intrigued by seeing what kind of connor we get where his improvements are than seeing him face Pori, which is kind of wild to say but i don't know I think I think that's where the most intriguing part of this fight is, because Dustin Poirier is Dustin Poirier, but what is Conor McGregor in twenty twenty one? Yeah, it, it's it's gonna be something to look for. Um, it's gonna be very interesting seeing if he if he switches stance a la Adesanya or some of these other fighters who just switch stance a lot. Sean O'Malley does it a lot. Um, John Jones does it a lot where they switch stances. Figueredo does it a few, if Figueredo does it, we know it's just for that kick though. Um, but yeah, like uh, if Connor becomes one of those kind of strikers where they're, they're switching stances, it's, uh, I don't think he does, but who knows? We, we haven't seen him in a long, long time. Show, show, like we haven't seen an extended fight from Connor in a very long time. So anything can happen. If he is orthodox too, Will it be that karate style stance? He he's got a very wide stance from Southpaw, and I, I wonder if it's going to be the same thing from Orthodox. Um, that's just a few things to note on the side, but we know what Connor Connor is, but we also don't. It's it's kind of very intriguing. Um, my prediction for the fight, though, Con- I think Connor's going to look better than ever, and I think he's going to finish Dustin in the first round. No, I think it's going to be a, a TKO where Dustin is succumb to the pressure. 
Connor's going to overwhelm him. He's going to show a couple new tools. And, and Dustin crumbles. And I don't know what the tools are, but the level of athlete that Connor is with his IQ, you know he's been working really hard. He's been eager to get back in just because he knows that he's been preparing. Like his his level of drive and commitment, he keeps talking about the discipline. He's about to reap the rewards, and I truly believe it. He's just too quick, too accurate. And I think Dustin is going to – he do, he doesn't realize what he's in for. That's my prediction. I think Dustin Dustin is going to be in for, for a very hard time. And we might see that sad puppy dog look again, man. It's going to suck because I, I like Dustin Poirier too. I, I like what he's about. But Connor, it's hard. People are not going to like it when I say, but I think Connor's just on another level. You don't see it because he hasn't fought much and he's been out of the game. But I think Connor's a freak athlete in this sport and, and no one can match him. Um, when it comes to striking that's for sure i think he i think he's on another level and um connor's gonna look to get that rematch not he's not looking to get that rematch but he's gonna put on the kind of performance that should deem a rematch because i think he's the number one contender leaps and bounds above the rest um connor is in my eyes one of the best fighters we've ever seen um that's not biased that's just fact if you go back and look at his career he's what he's accomplished no one else has accomplished and there's a reason why his level of of athleticism it's it's truly amazing to see and when he puts on performances they do not disappoint when he talks about stuff the mystic mac predictions how often has he been wrong so when he says 60 seconds man if if he might not be too far off. I truly believe it. He's going to put the world on notice, Habib on notice. I want that rematch, and I think this is going to get him one step closer. That's my prediction. I'm saying TKO, first round, Conor McGregor wraps up the night quick. Doesn't get hurt much, but we're going to find out. Anyways, thank you guys all for joining me. That was the first episode of this new podcast. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I hope... I was able to give some information that you guys didn't have and some insights, but it's just fun talking about this stuff, man. It builds some, it builds some excitement around the sport. It builds some excitement for fights coming up, and I hope you guys share that excitement because this one's this one's gonna be a banger. Conor McGregor's always are, and the co-main is not gonna disappoint either. Um, Dan Hooker's a fight of the night king, so there's gonna be some some impressive bonuses tonight. Hopefully, hopefully. Uh, it, it, as good as we all expect it to be 2021 is shaping up really really nice um we're gonna be back after the fights i think we're gonna do a recap hopefully uh get that up for you guys sunday and i hope it goes well i i hope i hope these fights deliver 2021 is off to a really really good start start so far with Holloway and Kesa's cards have both been really really amazing Holloway has showed up I I hope uh these fights follow I I think they will for sure and um I'm excited to talk to you guys about it on the other side of the fights um best of luck uh to these fighters and uh I hope you guys have a good weekend I'll I'll talk to you uh, on the next side uh see you guys cue the outro
Carter relaxed and smiling. Oh!